Well, today we are going to celebrate. This is, like I said, this is better than a Super Bowl Sunday because there's actually some benefit to your team winning. And Jesus Christ, is his resurrection is the reason why we celebrate as a church and why we celebrate every day and every Sunday, but especially every Easter Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to uh, do a, a sermon uh, based on a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there, or we do have words on the screen. And uh, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture here. 1 Corinthians, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul writes these words, starting in verse 1. Now, I make known to you, brothers, the gospel which I proclaimed as good news to you. How many of you guys want to hear good news today? Okay. Because we're going to hear good news. I proclaim as good news to you, which you also received, in which you also stand, by which you are also are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I proclaim to you as good news, unless you believe for nothing. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. That's the gospel, that's the good news that we are proclaiming. And that he appeared to a bunch of his disciples. Skip on down, verse 12. But now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead... How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Apparently they were hearing some false teachings about that. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is also in vain. Moreover, we even are to be found to be false witnesses of God, who bore false witness against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if he did not, if the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Here's the verse. Here's the first verse we're going to look at. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you're still in your sins. The foundation of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the bedrock foundation. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are still in our sins and our, vain, our faith is hopeless and in vain. First, the bad news. I got three points. Bad news, good news, and what are you going to do about it? Okay? First, the bad news. If Christ has not been raised, we are still in our sin. What does that mean? Sin entered the world through Adam. And if Christ has not been raised, we are still in sin. If Christ has not been raised, we are dead. God said to Adam, in the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. In the day you eat of it, you're going to die. That death is both a spiritual death, separation from God, and a physical death. Now you say they ate of the fruit in Genesis 3. They didn't die instantly. No. The Hebrew says, die and you shall die. That means they started the process. In Genesis 3, the first sin. In Genesis 5, you have a long list of people who died. So-and-so lived and he died. So-and-so lived and he died. 
And death is one of the constants of life, besides taxes, is death, right? Death and taxes are two constants of life. And death reigned from Adam to Christ in the sense that all of us are going to die someday. And some of us have not been wanting to think about that because it's too depressing. Yes, it is depressing if you're still in your sin and if Christ has not been resurrected, you are still dead. Scripture says all have sinned, so we're all dead spiritually. And death, of course, brought in aging, right? Death brought in bones that crack and creak and eyesight that goes bad, right? And, and memory that goes foggy with age. And some of us are, we feel 25 inside, but we're really 55 on the outside. And our body doesn't agree with our mind because we're aging. That's part of what happened. If Christ has not been, then we're going to, we have that to deal with. If Christ has not been raised, then the sin that brought that was in the world through Adam meant that we are under God's wrath and judgment. I'm giving you heavy stuff first, okay? Because you can't, have, you can't appreciate the goodness without the badness. Sometimes we, we don't really understand how deep and how dark and how heavy was the bad news. I'm sorry, but that's part of the gospel. I've got to give you the bad news first, right? Because when we celebrate the good news, it's going to be, oh, thank the Lord that we have good news. Because after that first part of the sermon is so depressing, I don't want to hear it ever again. Me either, okay? So, you know, someday we won't have to deal with that. But sin had blinded us and separated us from God. The God of this world, Paul says, has blinded our minds from believing. Many of us who aren't believers are blind to the gospel, blind to that. And sin darkened our hearts and depraved us. Sin also brought in shame and separation from God, distance from God where we don't even know Him. Of course, sin brought in guilt. If Christ has not been raised, then we are still guilty. Oh, don't tell me I'm guilty, Pastor. I come here to hear good news. I'm going to tell you good news, right? But right now, I'm telling you the bad news. Through, Paul says in Romans 5, then as through one transgression, there resulted in condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness results in justification to all men. We're all guilty before God. If Christ has not been raised, then we are still in our sin and we are guilty before God, condemned justly condemned some of us want to say well, don't tell me the bad news because i don't want to feel condemned but without jesus christ you are condemned whether you feel it or not there's a scene in the book of zechariah where 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 joshua the high priest joshua the priest who lived in the time of ezra and nehemiah he is standing before god but he is clothed with garments that are filthy dirty and there's i can't describe because of our, just think of the most dirtiest things you can have on cloth. And he's clothed with, with that, and Satan is standing next to him, accusing him, pointing out, ah, you're, you're, you're covered with, with filthiness. And it's as if the sense that God sees all the good things that jo- Joshua the high priest was doing, and it was still, his good works weren't good enough. They're still filthy. And that's why God says, get this man some new clothes. See, Jesus Christ has to come and clothe us, because we're clothed, Our sin, there's shame, there's corruption. Our heart is deprived. Without Christ, our heart is still changed. Without the resurrection, we are still in our sin, and we are not even even able to please God. Isaiah 64 says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. The word there actually means a menstrual rag. Get the picture. That's what he's dressed in. That's what we're dressed in, in that kind of, 
garments. All of us wither like a leaf, and all of our iniquities like the wind is taken away. Our mind has become defiled. We are guilty before God, separated. And then the scripture says that we are also slaves to sin. If Jesus Christ is not risen, that we are still slaves to sin. We are dead to God, condemned, justly guilty, separated from him, and destined for eternal hell and slaves to sin. Jesus says, I say, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And then then to top it off, the scripture says that we are enemies of God. I don't want to be an enemy of God, but the bad news is that we are enemies of God. Paul says that while we are enemies of God, Christ, God reconciled us through the justice of Jesus Christ. And all kinds of bad things happen because of sin. You know, that. listen, Death, disease, depression, divorce, all that stuff has happened because of sin. And without Jesus Christ, if Christ has not been resurrected, we are still in that, right? Christ has not been raised, there's no forgiveness, there's no no redemption. If If Christ has not been raised, there's no hope, no heaven. But now... Let's get to the good news, okay? (laughs) Look at verse 20. I had to tell you the bad news because it says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. Now listen up. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Without Christ being raised from the dead, we have no way of entering God's presence. But because of Jesus Christ, we have access to God. Amen? Amen? That's the good news. That's why he says, he says, I have good news. That's the gospel in verse 1. Verse 20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. The good news is that he has been resurrected. That's why the, uh, Isaiah the prophet says that, that Christ had to be sacrificed. And he said, what's the big deal about the resurrection? Well, the resurrection is proof that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice. See, Jesus went through all of the sacrifice for us. As a guilt offering, Isaiah says, In fact, he says, if the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief, if he would render himself as a guilt offering. That's Isaiah 53. But, see, Christ died. And how do you know if he accepted that sacrifice? Because he resurrected. That's proof that God accepted that sacrifice. The disciples weren't expecting that. You know that. They went to the tomb, not looking for an empty tomb. They went looking for a stone to roll away, for a body to prepare again for burial, right? They weren't expecting a resurrection because in their mind, resurrection didn't happen until the end of time, until the end of the age, when everyone was resurrected. But now this is different. This kind of resurrection is different than they expected. Why? First of all, this is not a resuscitation, for one thing. A resuscitation is basically like your battery's going dead and you jumpstart it so you can get to the next place to get a new battery. A resuscitation is you go, you're raised up only to die again. But here, resurrection, though, is a new thing that's happening. See, when Jesus Christ raised from the dead, it's a new form of life in a sense. That's why it says, Paul says, he was raised, look at verse 20 again, the first fruits. You see that? The first fruit. What does that mean? That means he's the first of a kind that's going to come after. That means those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ will experience a new kind of life. His kind of resurrection life is not one that's going to die again, but one that's going to live on forever. This is what we're waiting for, amen? Amen? 
That's why the psalmist, even Psalm 22, which describes the agony of the crucifixion, says, hints at the resurrection. I will tell of your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. After I've gone through all that, I'm going to still tell my brothers. That means you're going to rise again, right? Isaiah 53, as I said, it says, after he will render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. In Acts chapter 2, when they're preaching the gospel to this gathering, uh, Peter quotes from Psalm 16. He says, For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh will also live in hope, because you have not abandoned my soul to Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One, the Messiah Jesus, to undergo decay because you have made known to me the ways of life. This is a resurrection, not a resuscitation. A resuscitation is bringing back to life what was going to die anyway. This is not a jump start to our dead battery that's going dead, but a resurrection that's brand new. When Christ resurrected, he resurrected to a body that will never decay. I am looking forward to that body, amen? As believers, we are looking forward to, as Paul says, our, our body's like a tent that's falling apart. I wonder, how old do I look? 25, 30, 40, pick up, whatever age you, it's not going to decay. It's not going to go sick or old. You won't have to take allergy medicine, Excedrin, or arthritis medicine. You won't have to go through surgery. You don't have to go on a diet. You know, you don't have to worry about all that. The new body, Jesus Christ has that body right now. And one day we're going to have that, right? Never grow sick, never die, never grow tired, never grow weary. I don't know about you, when I do something, like the Passover we did, that was exhausting. I loved it, and then I crashed yesterday. And this morning, I was like, I'm still tired, right? And our resurrection body, it's going to be like, let's go do some more, right? Amen? The resurrection of the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is an entirely new way of existing. He's the first fruits. That's why later on this chapter, in chapter 15, he's talking about the new kind of body. It's not perishable. It's imperishable, right? But now, again, now that Christ has risen, verse 20, now that Christ has been raised from the dead, the good news is we have access to God. You're no longer enemy of the Lord. If you're a believer in Christ, you're his child. If you're his child, you have full access into the throne that's why Hebrews says, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. If we are in Christ, because Christ's been raised, believers are now declared not condemned, but not guilty, right? We're not clothed with filthy rags. We're now clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If Christ has been raised, believers are now clothed in righteousness. That's good news. Because some of us are so stuck in our past with things we've done, we've condemned ourselves even to the point where God says, I already, I already sacrificed my son for that sin that you're beating yourself up for. Live in the hope of the resurrection. Live in the fact that you're now clothed and cleansed. You're, you're trying to clean yourself and God says, I did it with the perfect sinless blood of my son. See, the resurrection is reason to celebrate. Excuse me, amen? Because, but now that Christ has been raised, we have peace with God. We're no longer enemies with God. That's good news. Because I don't want to be God's enemy. Because he knows how to get me if I'm his enemy, right? But because Jesus Christ has been raised, 
believers are now at peace with God. There's no more war. Why are you fighting? If you're a believer in Christ, the fight's over. Drop it. Amen? Therefore, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ has been raised, but now that Christ has been raised from the dead, we're now dead to sin and alive to God. Before we were alive to sin and dead to God. But now we're alive to God. But now that Christ has been raised, we are free from condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus' resurrection means an end to the agony of death. Jesus' resurrection enables the fact that we are now justified before God. And then Jesus says, if anyone's in me, I am making a new creation. Actually, Paul says, uh, therefore, is anyone in Christ, he is a new creature, creature. I am talking way too fast. I know that. Slow down. I'm just excited, you know. I mean, come on. I'm just, I'm just ready to, let's, come on. You know, that's, that's, that's good news because this is like, you're like, how is this possible? How is God, the fact that God was so loved me to send his only son. I would not send my son for any of them. No offense. I love y'all. But I wouldn't do that for anyone. And my son's not perfect. Okay, he knows that. But now if I'm God and I have a perfect son and I got sinners who don't even, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. There are people he died for that they didn't even appreciate. Talk about love refused, right? But God still went forth with that. I can't get my mind around that kind of love, right? But now Christ has been risen. Oh man, everything's new. We live in a blip of a screen. In the time of eternity, your life is like that. I'm looking forward. I, okay, those of us who are going to Israel, right? okay, just pause right here. Those of us who are going to Israel, how many of you guys have been thinking about it constantly? It's like we're already there, right? Okay, those of us who are believers, how many of you guys think about heaven a lot? Okay, Paul says, set your mind not on the things of the earth, the things in heaven. Start thinking about heaven. Why? Because then you'll be there in a sense, right? I mean, not physically, you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're, so, you're thinking about the Lord. You're thinking about, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with the Lord. I want to be where my heart, my heart wants to be with him. If Christ is not risen, none of that's possible. Because, because Christ is risen, oh, that's glory. That's glory. Amen? Jesus Christ enables us to walk in newness of life. Here's the king. Here's the thing. We don't just wait for our physical resurrection for, for something wonderful. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, his resurrected life now indwells the believer. There's something, he doesn't take your, and, and, and sort of revamp your, no, he gives you new life. Does that make sense? That resurrected life lives within the believer right now. The only difference is that we have bodies that are aging. We'll get new bodies. But our soul, our spirit, rather, is, is unique. We are a new creation. We have a new self, as Paul calls it. One that's been created in righteousness and holiness. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer so he can produce fruit and, and produce what in us what the way Christ would have lived, or Christ, Christ lives. Because Christ is raised, we have a lover of our soul. Because Christ has been raised, we have one who's truly faithful. 
Because Christ has been raised, we have someone who's able to deal with our problems and our conflicts. We still have to walk in this earth, right? And deal with stuff. But now we have a risen Savior who's with us. Because we have a risen Christ, you're not condemned to your past. But now that Christ has been raised, our life, your life, is not without hope. I, I read the Gospels. I don't, I'm not sure right here, but I was looking. What are the reactions? Maybe we'll get to in a second. How do they respond? Because it was such radically good news that they were not expecting this kind of thing to happen. They're expecting it at the end of the age. Everything's new. But now you have something new breaking into the old, so to speak. This is, okay, I'm, because Christ is raised, we will rise with him. And we have reason to celebrate. And because Christ has been risen, we're not without hope. All things are new, as he says in Revelation 21.5. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He gives us a new heart, a new identity, a new family, a new life. You know, he does decide to take our sins and separate them as far as the east is from the west. And then it says he chooses not to remember our past. That's good news. Because God is omniscient. He knows everything. But for some, he is choosing not to even dig it up, you know. The only person that digs up your past is Satan. But now that Christ is risen, that's a clean slate. That's reason to celebrate, amen? Only because Christ has been risen can I be comforted in the fact that my sins have been forgiven, that I'm free from guilt, that I stand before God, clothed in Christ's righteousness, His child. We have a lot to celebrate today, don't we? I don't know about you, but that's... I'm just you just reflect on that, and what no matter what you think will put you out of the category, forget about it. Jesus already took care of that, whatever that category thing is, right? Don't try to say, "Well, I'm the exception." The devil will try to make you think, "Hey, you know, but you're the exception. What you did, oh, that even Jesus' blood couldn't carry that, couldn't wash that away. Mm-mm, that's a lie. That's a lie." That's why the thief's on the cross. There's two of them, one here and one here. And one of them says, hey, we deserve to be here, brother. This man, he's just. Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. You're going to be with me today in paradise, friend. That man had no... He's nailed to the cross next to Jesus. He can't get down off the cross and make things right with the people he hurt and stole from and go back in the past and do and relive his life and, and all of us would do that in a heartbeat. He has no t- He's nailed. Jesus. He places faith in Christ. And then Jesus dies and no one expects it. And when those three days went by and that stone was rolled away, I, I don't know about you, but it's like by the way, no one stole his body because, it, because when they found his body or they found the tomb empty, his grave clothes were 
left there. If you're going to steal a body, you're just going to carry the guy away, right? I'm just going to get off through you. And he was really dead. The Romans were professional killers. They knew, what, they knew a man was dead. He was dead, and he's alive. And 1 Corinthians 15 talks about how he appeared to many people, proving that he was more people than you realize. Go to Luke chapter 24. We did the bad news, then some good news. And now how are we going to respond to this good news? Jesus has been resurrected. And in verse 13, it talks about two men who were on this road to Emmaus. Verse 13. Verse 14, they were talking to one another about the things that had happened. And it happened that while they're conversing and debating, that Jesus himself, resurrected Jesus, approached them, was going with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are the things that you are discussing with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. Hold on to that. They're looking sad. Now watch this. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? I just love that, right? They're talking to Jesus. They don't realize it's Jesus. Jesus, who are you guys talking about? You've been living in a rock somewhere because are you unaware of what's happened? Of course, Jesus is sort of... He said to them, what things? He said the things, verse 19, about Jesus the Nazarene, who was mighty prophet indeed, and word in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel or set free Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since these happened. Keep reading. Watch this. Verse 22. But also some women among us astounded us when they were there at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Wait a second, wait. You mean to tell me that you heard that Jesus was resurrected, the woman saw the empty tomb, and some angels told them that Jesus was alive. You've heard that news, and you're walking away sad. That's why Jesus says, oh foolish ones and slow to heart. Okay, how are you going to respond to the gospel? How are you going to respond to the good news? Okay, let me ask you this. Are you like these guys who've heard of the resurrection of Christ and still walking around as if he's still dead? Are you living your life as if Jesus is still in the grave? Are you living your life as if there's no hope? Because if he's still in the grave, there's no hope. But if he's out of the grave, there's reason for rejoicing. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean that we don't feel 
face things in life that are difficult and we have to try that. But I'm talking ultimately. Are you living your life as if Jesus Christ were risen or still dead? Are you living your life as if you are still under the weight of sin and guilt of your sin? Now, if you're not a believer in Christ, then you are still dead in that tomb. But if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, we ought to be doing happy dances around here, right? Because <laughs> if you really believed, you wouldn't be with Cleopas and his friends saying, we've heard he was resurrected, we heard he's alive, but oh no, what was me, right? I want to live my life with the reality that every single day that tomb is empty. And when we go to Israel, we're going to see an empty empty tomb, right? We're going to not find a body in there. We're going to find people looking and say, okay, he was here, but now he's not here, and we don't know what to do about it other than to say, thank you, Lord. Amen? If Jesus Christ is alive, our future doesn't look hopeless. It's full of hope, right? Amen? If Jesus Christ is alive, then we are no longer under the weight of sin. And if you're a believer in Christ, or maybe you're not a believer, think about this, but if you want to place your faith in Jesus Christ, tell you what, what he'll do is he'll take off your weight of sin, which he's already done on, on the cross, and then he says, let's do an exchange. Let's share clothes. So let's not do that. It's kind of weird because that's share clothes. But let me give you my righteousness. Let me take that weight and, ta- and bear the burden of your sin. By the way, let me call you my brother, my friend, and that God the Father call you my child. Are you living your life as if Jesus Christ is still in the grave, as if there was no hope, as if you're still under the weight of sin? Are you living your life as if God is frowning upon you, that he's disappointed in you, right? Angry at you. I'm so upset at that. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he sees Christ. If, you are, if your faith is in Christ, he sees Righteousness of Christ. But we read every Sunday the blessings, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, hey, that was pretty good, Beth. <laughs> I got an angel back there, right? The Lord lift up his countenance. What does that mean? That means a big smile on his face that he loves you and is pleased with you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and if Jesus Christ is alive, that's only possible. But if Christ is dead, that's not possible. So yeah, if you think that Christ is dead, and still, yeah, you better believe that God has a frown on his face toward you, because if you're not a believer in Christ, that's what's going on. But if you're a believer in Christ, and he, if Jesus Christ is alive, there's no, I'm disappointed in you. There's, I love you, my child. I love you, my daughter, my daughter, my son. All right? Am I preaching to anyone here? I'm preaching to myself, I'll tell you what. Because I'll tell you what, I was in my backyard last week, and I was, early this week, I was thinking about this. I'm like, why do I live so much of my life as if Christ is still dead? It ought to be, I, I don't know, it ought to dictate my every single day, giving up morning. Christ is alive? Praise the Lord. Yes, I understand that we face difficulties, and Christ, the risen Christ, is with me to help me and guide me and lead me and strengthen me. Yes, I wish all my problems would go away, right? I wish all difficult people would go away. I wish I would never get sick again, right? But Jesus Christ promises he'll be with me. A risen Savior can only do that. A dead Savior can't do that. But a risen Savior is with me no matter what I have to face. Sometimes we have to face 
death and tragedy and disease and circumstances and conflict and divorce, all that kind. But Christ says, I will be with you through all that and walk with you each step of the way because I'm the good shepherd and I'm alive. And what do you do about that? You say, yes, Lord. Amen? Are you living your life enjoying the benefits of the good news that Christ is alive? Are you living your life with the realization and the joy that comes from realizing that your sins have been cleansed? Shame is removed, disappointment, all that has been, and no longer enemies, no longer at at odds with God, but now adopted into his family. Are you living your life as if the abundant life that Christ promised is yours? Because if Christ has been risen, we have tremendous reason to celebrate. Amen? Why don't we stand up? Why don't we step? I know, we stand up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus Christ is alive. Every single church ought to be full to the rafters with this good news, right? The, the world thinks it has good news to share. Never, I never turn on the news and find good news. You ever turn on the news and find good news? Never. Never. You read good news all day in here, right? All day. All day long. Tell me about Jesus again. Tell me about his resurrection. Tell me. And when we get to heaven, by the way, many of us have experienced difficulties in our life that scarred us, right? We're full of scars, maybe internally, maybe not physically, but internally we're full of scars, and we don't know what to do with it. In heaven, there's only one person who will have scars. One person, Jesus Christ, will permanently keep his scars to show what he's done. The rest of us, completely clean. I don't know about you, I am looking forward to some of that. I mean, I'm just, but praise the Lord. Because we have a risen Savior, amen? Let's give the Lord a praise, all right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited. I know. How can we not be excited, Lord? We understand that what Christ did for us on Good Friday, only he was able to do that. Only he could take our place on that cross. That should have been us. But he willingly came, lived a perfect life. He did nothing wrong, but he came our, became our sacrifice. And that sacrifice on the cross, Lord, you accepted. And the proof is the fact that Christ is alive today. Lord, that's the good news. Lord, I pray that everyone here physically and people watching online would place their faith in your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross. That they would believe that he is alive today and that everything is new in him. And Lord, we celebrate, we rejoice in our risen Savior. And we look forward to the day when we will meet him face to face, either by means of death or when he comes back to get his church to, uh, and to come back to reign on this, in this world, Lord. We just rejoice that we will meet our risen Savior, the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone. I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Gracious! that the Lord would 
lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And that you would walk in the reality and acknowledgement that Christ is alive today. He's the lover of your soul. And all things are new in him. Let's not walk around as if the grave is with a body in it. Let's walk around as if the grave is empty and he's alive. Amen? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. If you're new, sign our gift card, hang out, talk. Gift card. Our, our time card, what do you call it, card? <laughs> our connect card. We're going to connect with you. Yeah. <laughs>